Hi, and welcome to Syrup Shops Gaming, the only podcast like going to a diner late at night and taking a shot of syrup. Probably a bad idea, but we still do it anyway. With me as always, Dave. Hey, everybody. How's it going? That's going well on my end. It's going well on my end. So you were telling me earlier uh, you were starting to get the ground going again for eSports Club for your... Yeah, that's right. Uh, we are still trying to uh, get things going. Uh, we have a few couple hurdles that we need to still get over before the September 24th sign-up date. The problem with that is that my contact at the main office of the school is still struggling with we have a situation unfortunately due to the uh, the pandemic we had a number we ha- just quite frankly we didn't have enough bus drivers to start mm-hmm. the year with honestly and so the issue with that is that eventually it got to the point that they just had to say okay we're only going to do k through 4 busing that's all Ooh. we're going to do and so we have had now two weeks, though, where some students just don't have a ride to school, and that's the issue. And so, and, uh, you know, maybe mom and dad can't bring them, so there's that. And so my uh, contact at the main office, the man who works with me on this, uh, he's in charge of that. Oh. oh. You know, I haven't been able to contact him so much. So luckily, my, uh, my student team captain... Uh, He's, he's a great kid, and he is really up and up on his stuff to the point he does so well, he has had to turn down scholarships for his playability because it's to schools that don't have the program he wants. But he's being scouted, just nice. to put it in perspective. But he was able to find a kind of how they do tryouts for one of the local colleges, and we just borrowed that. So he took that. I today, earlier today, uh, because I'm also, while Rocket League, I can coach now because I have more experience, but luckily I have an extremely experienced team, and luckily my team captain can take a good chunk of the duties with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I competed in Smash when we were in high school. Mm So, I mean, we were melee kids, sometimes having to cart a CRT TV around, stuff like that. Yeah. We're not that good anymore, but... We'd still like to think so, but I was looking at for how to do a tryout for a smash team because the way it works for the the group that we go through, it's a three person team for competing in smash brothers. And the way, you know, you have player one, player two, player three. Now two teams from a different school, each from a different school will go up against each other. The player ones will verse each other, the player twos will verse each other, and then the player threes will verse each other. Best so out of three wins. Best out of three wins, of course, but it's three different people each time. So uh, we're looking at, and we didn't want to name them, you know, like varsity, JV, and freshmen. So we're, we call them S rank, A rank, and B rank. So we, uh, we are having tryouts this week, but I was looking this week. I was just sitting there. I'm like, how is the best way to do this? And so I was looking today, and I think what I'm going to do, because we have seven people for Smash Brothers. So 
the way I said it, the way it's going to work, we're automatically going to have two teams, and uh, that last person, if you want to be our substitute for all times, we'd love to have you. But that's the way it's going to work. But I think the way I've kind of figured to do it is I think I'm going to have three tournaments, including all seven students. But what I'm going to do then is make like a point value for what placement you come in. Because some people, you know, you just end up with like a bad day or a bad run, depending on where you sit in the tournament standings. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would be a good way to do it so we can kind of add the scores up, you know, so let's say one kid came in first place in the first tournament, came in second, the uh, se the second tournament, and then maybe came in first again, well, they'll probably have a really high score. They'll probably be the team captain possibly for, well, maybe not. I also have to look for leadership abilities because uh, I have noticed that uh, I have one student that is uh, really good at fighting games, but uh, I would also say he's... Uh, very vocal and boisterous about his abilities. Mm. So I don't think I would put him in charge because if, let's just say if this were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, he would be the Raphael. He's good. He can back up his uh, brash attitude, but at the same time, you would never want him in charge. <laughs> Maybe more like Slash. Better on his own. <laughs> yeah, better, better on his own. Yeah, He can be the substitute if he's going to behave like that. So but I, I think that's how. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I have a recommendation for your tournament for them, um, just so they can kind of show how they're good, how they play against everyone. Make it a round robin tournament. Okay. Uh, Way we, round. I did see that as well. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what a round robin is. Though. <laughs> uh, essentially, essentially, way it works there is they play against everyone, everyone versus mm -hmm. everyone else. Uh, you know, so. There should be a six matches total. Everyone plays uh, against each other there. And then whoever mm -hmm. has the most wins is the winner. And if there's ties, that's when you go to playoffs. Okay, okay. That would work, too. That would work, too. And, and then that way you get in the sense of, okay, not only are they good in just this one situation, but against a variety of different players. Okay. But, so... In total, that would be, what, like 36 matches then? If, well, no, 7 times 7, so whatever, not 6 times 6. Yeah. Isn't that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it would be, um, well, it would be 6 plus 5 plus 4 plus 3 plus 2 plus 1. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Yeah, that could work, too. That could work, too. We'll just, you know, we'll just have to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that idea, though. That would work, too. Okay. And for Splatoon, since we only had five kids sign up, it's just kind of like, you're in. <laughs> yep. We'll determine at a later date who's going to be the substitute. Yeah, exactly. But luckily enough, with uh, that team, though, that just seems like a group of friends who really just like Splatoon. So I think if we were to cycle one in every now and then, I don't think they would argue in the slightest. So yeah. it's, I don't think it's going to be as competitive as Rocket League is going to be this year. Because... Uh, We've got so we've got uh, four of our uh, six members returning this year, and uh, uh, they have been talking about a very talented and very cutthroat freshman student who has come in this year that they've been playing with a lot already. So nice. we'll just, we'll just have to see. 
Yeah, there might be freshmen on S rank team. Who knows? <laughs> that stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. Yep, yep, yep. I'm excited to kind of follow your uh, your guys' teams this year and see how they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be uh, it, it's going to be something. Uh, luckily, we did uh, secure knock on wood. I, I I don't have it in my hands just yet. Again, it's uh, one of these things where I've got uh, some people's word that it's coming. But we did manage to secure a switch bundle for the school district. Nice. Uh, the only thing now I just need is I just need finally verbal confirmations from people on certain things with info attached to it. So I know that uh, the group we go through has now started bugging me for billing information. And it's just like, I'm not the guy for that. And I sure as heck am not going to be paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have promised the students other things on. It's just like, if I have to pay for this out of pocket, I will. So they asked, are we going to have all the DLC for smash brothers? And I said, yes. If it, if it has to come out of my pocket, we will have that. But I'd prefer it not. But uh, luckily, the stipulations is the, the, the kids don't have to have a name if they don't want to. I, I recommended that they do, but and they're allowed to choose from the entire roster. There's no bands. There's only bands on stages. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the stages are pretty restricted, though. So I, I'm going to guess uh, we'll, no items. No items. Uh, stage hazards turned off. Uh, Five stars. The ones that are. Uh, I'll have to double check that. I think that it's five stock with uh, eight an eight minute timer on it. That that's pretty standard. Uh, yep, yep. And then also uh, the stages. I don't even think they're allowing necessarily the like. Omega and Battlefield forms for stages. I think you just literally have to pick those stages, but they're also allowing in uh, like Smashville and Pokemon Stadium Two, things like that. Things so, that aren't too that might have uh, miscellaneous platforms, but aren't too crazy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, but no, I, no new Pork City. Exactly. No, or <laughs> uh, the Kirby one that takes for forever. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, so what have you been playing, sir? I mean, that's what I've been doing. That's where most of my time has been going this week. (laughs) So the the better question isn't what I've been playing. The better question is, how have I been playing? Oh, okay. So I was afraid you were going to go to who I've been playing. And then I was, what are we doing here, Tyler? How have you been playing? (laughs) So I've been back at my old grind of Destiny 2. I'm sorry. No, don't be. It is it is in its golden age right now. But I've gotten a new controller to play for it with on my PC. Okay, it looks like the Super Nintendo controller and the PlayStation controller had a slight baby with that. It does. It's called the 8BitDo Pro 2 controller. Okay. And this thing is amazing. So, first off, very comfortable. Uh, it's it's like a more comfortable PS2 controller, with you know okay. a, an actual old school D-pad. Nice. Okay. Uh, back paddles. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. There's also this little switch right here. Can you see that? Uh, yeah. This has four Bluetooth slots on it, so it connects to my Switch, 
it connects to my Android TV, it connects to my iPad, and it connects to my PC. Wow. Without having to repair it each time. I just flip the switch to the different ones. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yep. That would be very useful. And then the last super cool thing is there's an app that goes with this where I can customize my controller. I can decide what buttons go where. I can change the sensitivity of the sticks and the sensitivity of the analog triggers. Wow. Very cool. It is... That sounds right up a fighting gamer's alley. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's just... Honestly, save for not having HD rumble and NFC, this gives the Switch Pro Controller a run for its money. Okay, okay. I still need to get one of those. I just haven't. <laughs> honestly, honestly, Dave, get this instead. It it oh, yeah? it pairs up with the Switch and mm-hmm. uh, has all the functionality save for the NFC but in the HD Rumble, but you've got your Joy-Cons for that. True, true. And 50 bucks. Okay, well... I'll, I'll give it some thought. Uh, I don't know. It just... It seems like a lot of the Switch games, though, that I'm like... The 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 Joy-Cons and the controller grip seem to work just fine. I might get a couple different grips, though, that might widen it just a little bit. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, no. Oh. It, it, is a, it is a super comfy... Super... Oh, that's the other thing. Is I can save onboard three different... Uh, uh, Profiles for what the buttons do for each of the Bluetooth settings. Okay, cool. Wow. So tw- uh, 12 in total? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So it is. it has been... It's, it's such a good oh. feel. <laughs> All right. Well, since uh, the next episode coming out here for the podcast is called uh, Tyler Can't Count because he accidentally uploaded them out of order... <laughs> Uh, so for those of you uh, listening, uh, uh, I am uh, just started actually this, well, I started it last weekend on Sunday, and I was able to play a good bit last night, but I, have, I am now fully into Scarlet Nexus for by about like 12 hours now, I'd say. Um, and after now, after my initial impressions of just like the loading screen and stuff, I now have a good bit of time with it. Uh, I am enjoying it. Um, but? There are... Well, even then, the butts, though, are just, you know, just little things. They're nothing, I would say, that's major. But I guess what it is is that compared to all that IGN footage I was watching on at uh, Phil's apartment when I spoke about this previously, in that, they're just showing every exciting scene of the game, whereas in the actual gameplay itself, there there isn't as much of... There, it, it's just not as... It, it doesn't fit what I guess I thought it would have been in my head, which uh, is something I do try and not to do, but uh, unfortunately it happened for this time. Really, I guess you could kind of classify this as it's trying to be like a a Devil May Cry kind of Bayonetta type play style. It's anime Devil May Cry. Yeah, but with also like a really, really cyberpunk story. And 
that's good. And the story is really good. Uh, and really intriguing so far. It did take a while to kind of get going, but then when it did, it's just like, oh. And then I'm just also kind of like, I wish they would explain that. And then they kind they start do explaining it. And it's like, oh, okay. But even then, the thing I would say, though, is whereas in Devil May Cry and Bayonetta, there was occasional platforming sections and light puzzle solving, there's not so much in this. It's just pure action, which isn't a problem, but it does feel, it reminds me at times of, like, you know, if the old-school 2D brawlers like Final Fight had proceeded for uh, much longer, they'd play like this, I imagine. It's definitely stylish. The music, I will say, is hit or miss. There are some where it's just like, oh, that's pretty catchy. And then there's others like, what is this crap? <laughs> and then I would also say that say, there are some environments in the game that it's just like, I'm like, oh, that is so cool to look at. And then there's others, and it's just, wow, that is so bland to look at. So I would say it's a game of opposite extremes. It's just, and I, I definitely am going to finish it. The story has hooked me now. And uh, there are two characters for which to play through. The other system is, is that uh, you have teammates. And as I said, the thing is all about psychic powers or, or different powers inspired by psionic abilities. And I was initially of the opinion, I was just like, oh, it's just the, another anime trope of uh, superpowered teenagers. Well, it's that, but at the same time, they also kind of explain it in the game that no, these aren't necessarily teenagers. The when this government that they work for, it sounds a little draconian. And if you're identified as having crazy special abilities, you're scouted for uh, being a member of the OSF, which is the Other Suppression Force. And the others are the villains of the game. And if you get scouted for that, you can't say no. You have to become a member and fight for the government. It's basically kind of like the draft. And so, what happens also, if someone says no? Uh, the, the, we might get to that because there are things that uh, the game does talk about like that. Uh, but yeah, other things about it is though that apparently, as a person ages, their psionic abilities start to kind of waver and wane just like anything as you age and so to keep them stable and so that their powers are always at a hundred percent they are then started up on a regiment of uh, drugs which keep them permanently physically in their basically their late teens so some of them uh I was like talking to a side character and she's just like when I was scouted to the OSF I was so excited and my sister was so was so jealous, but now she has kids, and her kids have now outgrown me, and now I'm just tired. But she still looks like she's oh, basically geez. 18. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, dang, you know? <laughs> right. And and so, like, also, there's one, he's close to retirement, and so he started to wane off the drugs, and now he's starting to look more like he's hitting probably, like, 25, you know, or a bit older and he's starting to get more kind of lines and it's just also wondering like you know 
how does the coming off of these drugs work? They haven't explained that part just yet. Does suddenly you just hit what you su you're supposed to be, or or what? And uh, but then also apparently it does stuff in weird ways. Like apparently, uh, unfortunately, one of the kids you can meet is uh, named. I keep saying kids, but they're not kids. Right, one is, of the uh, individuals. They're, they're even called children of the state. So that way to differentiate them from actual children, they might get they, they get labeled children of the state, so that way the public realizes, oh, looks like a child, totally not a child, you know? Right. So he uh, is the brother of the, the main, like, the one with the best power, the highest-ranking member of the OSF. And he has the ability to teleport. But when he started taking the drugs, uh, it doesn't even look like he had hit basically the first stages of puberty yet. But, and I guess it's because how the drugs work or it's so weird, but he's actually really crazy with physical fitness. And so he's constantly, he, he basically does the Batman routine for bodybuilding but he doesn't look like he's a day older than 12, but his weapon is literally think like, you know, the lifting weights that we had to do in like PE or at mm -hmm. the gym. Okay, think just a stick, a weighted stick with like four of the 25 pound weights at the end of one. So he's just lugging around this, basically this base that's just dumbbells on the end of it because nice. he's actually because even though his body is stuck at that age, he actually is that jacked. <laughs> so, and what's cool, though, also, and I'm explaining a lot, and I could shut up here in a minute, but I would say, like, the last cool thing also, all of your teammates and party members have other abilities. You have people that follow you around, and think like Donald and Goofy from Kingdom Hearts. Okay. You know, they, that's how your teammates attack. But you can switch them in and out for other members. But you are all connected through all the cyberpunk systems in the game that allow you to share your powers with your teammates, which can then kind of enhance your own. So the character I'm playing is she can, she has basically telekinesis and can shoot out and she uses daggers, like a series of five daggers that she kind of shoots out and controls telekinetically. Well, if I decide to link with uh, Sheedan, who has uh, electrokinetic abilities, well, suddenly all those daggers now arc together with electricity and shock people. And the other one, uh, the platoon leader, she has duplication. So that allowed me to, if I lifted up an object telekinetically and threw it at an enemy, well, suddenly now there's two of them. And then I upgraded it enough, and also now there's two of me throwing out two sets of uh, daggers and such like that. So, and there's a lot of uh, powers that it's just, I'm like, really? Wow, I didn't think of that as a power. So, so like one of the enemies I've encountered so far, she actually can psychically control sound and, you know, causes it to disorient you. So it puts you in a confused state, which like reverses your controls. Oh, geez. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> So there's a lot of interesting stuff in here, but I think I might have overhyped myself just a little for the game. And had my expectations been at about normal, I think I would have been maybe a little happier with it. But as it stands, I would say 
uh, I'm hoping there's some pickup, you know, with some things, but I would have liked more, like, maybe just some verticality in the stages or just a, a little more light platforming in it instead of just a lot of eight ru run to the next fight, run to the next fight, run to the next fight. But the great thing is that right now it's all being held together with really cool battle mechanics and a pretty cool story. All right, then. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's what I've been contemplating trying at some point. It's just the backlog is fierce right now. Yeah, and uh, now I haven't played it. I would say I'm glad I got it for PS5. But I it, and I, I lucked out in that I had that mystery $20 I found that helped offset the cost. But at the same time, I probably would have been like, yeah, I would have been more happier had I paid 40 maybe $30 for this rather than the full 60 Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. I think there's anything else I've really been playing. Um, a little bit of uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, trying to get back into competitive with that. I got you. Um, well, unfortunately, it seems like uh, have much of the games after X and Y really had much of an end game, except for maybe Alpha Sapphire, because, well, that's a remake. <laughs> Yes and no. Uh, I really felt like Sun and Moon didn't. Uh, Sword and Shield, it they took a completely different approach because it's had the two DLCs. That's after campaign stuff. Um, yeah. I would say with Sword and Shield, though, the, their big thing is they've made competitive play so much easier. Uh, sure. And what I mean by that is, in the old games... If you wanted to have a, a Pokemon that had perfect individual values and effort values, EVs and IVs, you would have to hatch forever and a day a perfect Pokemon, and then mm -hmm. deliberately train them in a specific way by battling specific Pokemon to level mm -hmm. up their effort values or EVs. Mm -hmm. um, this game, they've got something called Hyper Training. Okay. That you get endgame, and it's basically, oh, do you want to max out this stat? Cool. It's maxed out for that Pokemon. Wow. <laughs> so I bet uh, some people loved that, and I bet the uh, the ones who hated it hated it. <laughs> you see, and I'm even a little mixed on it uh, because it's made it so easy that that thrill of trying to get the perfect Pokemon isn't really there anymore. But yeah. on the offside, it is a lot of fun to be able to try a bunch of different t uh, teams because it's also super easy to get TMs in this game. Okay. Um, and uh, using the TMs uh, allows you to, you know, learn specific moves, uh, attach to items. So I've got a bunch of Pokemon that are competitive ready, uh, mm -hmm. but that uh, uh, I mix and match trying to, you know, go with the flow there. And each season they have different things that they open up or take out. Uh, mm -hmm. Like this season, they've allowed they're allowing one uh, legendary Pokemon. So okay. things like Mewtwo, uh, Lugio, Ho-Oh, that genre. And then okay. as many of the uh, legendary trios or whatnot, so any as many Ultra Beasts, Articuno, Zapdos, Moltres, that you want okay. on your team. Oh. And, and now that there's so many games, that's not a small number anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean, there's there was like 10 Ultra Beasts. Uh, you've got... Uh, let me just see if I can do them on the top of my head real fast. 
So you have the legendary birds, you have the Galarian mm-hmm. legendary birds, which are the same three Pokemon, but with different typing. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Articuno is now a psychic flying, uh, Zapdos is fighting flying, and Moltres is dark flying. And they're still named the same? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's the Galarian uh, alternate form. Kind of like how oh. they're... Kind of like how there's um, Galarian Ponytail which, in Rapidash, which basically looks like a My Little Pony. Yeah, it looks like they've made him out of cotton candy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or how like there's uh, Alolan uh, Raichu, which is Psychic Electric, and it uses yes. its tail to surf. It's a similar yes, principle yes. with the Legendaries here. So, legendary, legendary Birds, Legendary Beasts from the second game, the, mm-hmm. uh, the trio of Psychic Legendaries, and the, the Reggie trio, from the third game. Mm-hmm. The fourth game had... Oh, what was it in the fourth one? Was that the... I can't remember if it was fourth or fifth that had the the uh, genie ones. Fernandez, Landorus, and Thunderous. Oh, that was black and white, I thought. That, that was black and white? Okay. Uh, and then there mm-hmm. was there was the, the fighting trio, where you had uh, Cobaltion... Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, the three musketeers. Yeah, <laughs> and Keldeo. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, X and Y actually didn't have a legendary trio, and then yeah, uh, uh, they really then, didn't. No, and then they just brought the legendary birds back, and then Sun and Moon had the um, oh, I also forgot for uh, Ruby and Sapphire. They also had Latios and Latias, the psychic dragons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, then you had uh, the, all the legendary beasts from Sun and Moon, mm-hmm. and then Sword and Shield has all of those plus two new Reggies. Oh, who'd they add? Reggie Lecky, uh, the electric Reggie, and Reggie, oh. and Reggie Draco, a dragon Reggie. Wow. Okay. Oh, and then Reg- and then Reggie Gigas, uh, Heatran, mm-hmm. Cresselia. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's a lot now. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, uh, there is. Got, got, got to catch them all. <laughs> oh yeah! Now the numbers in the thousands, isn't it? <laughs> Not quite. It's just Not quite? under. Just under. Oh, okay. For the next yeah. game, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting that uh, we all thought that "Got to Catch Them All" was like a challenge. No, that was a demand. <laughs> Next on Pokemon Shiv and Shank. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick uh, break for our sponsors, and then we'll come back and talk about the topic of the episode. Sounds good to me. All right. This episode is brought to you by Syrup Shots Gaming Podcast. Like going to a diner late at night, taking a shot of syrup. It's probably a bad idea, but we're going to do it anyway. If you like this content, please leave a like, comment, subscribe. You know that usual general stuff that people ask you to do. Uh, what's that? You want to leave us a review? Fantastic. You can leave a five-star review, wink, wink, at uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get this great content. Thank you for choosing to listen to us, and we look forward to bringing you more dumb content in the future. And welcome back to the podcast. So, main topic of the day, PlayStation had a little something-something this week. Oh, PlayStation had a little something-something this week? A little something-something. Uh, I, I, I was rather impressed. I, I didn't get to watch it until today. Uh, I was 
trying to clean the house, and I'm like, oh, background noise, I'll just turn this on. Yeah, I had to sit and watch probably the whole first 22, 25 minutes of the thing, and it's, it's only 40 minutes long, you know? <laughs> uh, what a 40 minutes. Oh, yes. Yes, what a 40 minutes. So, let's go. I, I, Sorry, go ahead. I will say, the first half in my had my attention the most, that back half, then I could start cleaning the house a little bit. <laughs> Even when they got to the PlayStation Studios games? Well, uh, well, when they started talking about the racing games, I'm like... Oh, yeah, Gran Turismo, yeah. yeah. Gran Turismo, uh, I also... When they were like, oh, Grand Theft Auto V is being uh, like remastered, I'm like, don't care. <laughs> hey, let's vacuum. <laughs> but, but let's Everything else, however. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that and that first I'm playing chess but not really trailer for everything PlayStation. I could have done without that. Yeah, it was cool to see all of the little gaming references in it, but yeah, that was just kind of like, uh, guys, this would have been better for a launch commercial, not for the start of uh, right. the yeah, year two. Yeah, that, that looked like commercials that we saw at the launch of PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, that looks like something that's going to be in uh, Monday Night Football. Yeah, guys, yeah, you're about seven years too late on this one. <laughs> So let's start every, everything yeah, okay, yeah. so you, let's start off with thing number one. Thing number one. Knights of the Old Republic is coming back. Okay. Now I, I know how hype people are for that. But again, I'm not the Star Wars guy in my family. My brother Doug is, but I imagine he probably his mind probably melted ever so slightly when he saw that. You know who made the original game, don't you? No. <laughs> Bioware. Oh, okay. This was this was their beta test for Mass Effect. Okay. And uh but it wasn't them who made the second, it was the company that uh they would do really well on actually like making sequels for companies. Like they did uh Fallout New Vegas, right? Obsidian? Is that Obsidian? I think I think so, yeah. Obsidian yeah, the yeah. company that ironically so I thought maybe made it first, <laughs> which ironically is now back together kind of under Microsoft. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you had Bethesda is now back with Obsidian. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, true, true. But yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I've I've dabbled with the first game, but it was just one of those things where it needs some modern day uh, uh, quality of life. Exactly, um, and it was okay. an. Ex because it was an Xbox exclusive when it came out. It's never actually mm -hmm. been on a PlayStation console before. Okay. I, well, well that, that probably was one of the... That's also probably also why I felt they showed Alan Wake. While I loved that game, and I'm very excited for the remake, I can see why PlayStation exclusive owners were probably even more excited. And especially after they... It, 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 it's part of the Control universe now. They're trying to do a... Remedy extended uh, universe of games now, and Control was very much hinting at that, and Alan Wake uh, it was even included as part of a DLC. Uh, it was well, it was called like Control Awe, 
but actually, which stood for Alan Wake expansion. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be another world event. Oh, it could be that too. Yeah, yeah. But Alan Wake expansion was basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, oh, good I, stuff. I, I, and I will bet you dollars to donuts that there's going to be a few little things added into this uh, uh, remaster that will be more lore tying it to control. That wouldn't surprise me in the least either. Another thing I would like to see, now I don't know if they'll be able to do this, because it is, I believe, in the same situation that the original Alan Wake was. It was an Xbox 360 exclusive because I believe Microsoft helped fund it, so it was stuck that way for a while. But in one of the Xbox One game, uh, Quantum Break, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of references to Alan Wake in there too and it's a remedy game and it's under the same situation though so I think Microsoft still might own a chunk of it they eventually had to rebuy like Alan Wake from Microsoft but the the joke show that kept showing up in Alan Wake uh, Night Springs which would show up as like a Twilight Zone kind of show to watch in Alan Wake, it popped up a lot in Quantum Break as well. So it's just like this week on Night Springs. I'm like, ah, I got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's another great one that they showed off. Um, I'm starting to get a little intrigued about Guardians of the Galaxy. Me too, actually. Uh, I, I, my only complaint is, and I know they're trying to do a hybridization between comic book and movie in the looks department but uh i, I thought uh quill looked re- uh star lord looked rather strange with the blonde hair <laughs> what do you have a problem with the pompadour <laughs> uh i didn't know we were uh you know a group of japanese youths in the, uh, the street gang <laughs> in the 80s for that matter <laughs> youths <laughs> yeah youths <laughs> Uh, oh, trying to think here. So before we get into the big heavy hitters from uh, from Sony mm-hmm. themselves, uh, yeah, the I think they showed the what thirteenth million trailer for Deathloop, and uh, I have paid no attention to that game. I have seen it, and it's just like, oh. Uh, and then it's just it's never caught my attention, and I still, after watching finally a full trailer, I'm just like, well, I can see why that didn't come up on my radar. And uh, I s- then, uh, what I, was your opinion on that? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be good. Mm. L- let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that because it's it's being made by Arcane Studios, the same studio that made Dishonored. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that. Th- the gameplay will feel good, but I feel like the premise that they've set up is super dangerous uh, because it's going to become repetitive. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't kill everyone in that 24-hour period, the whole mm-hmm. thing resets, and you have to do it mm-hmm. again and again and again. Mm-hmm. It, it's I gotcha. like, It's like Majora's Mask without the, you know, uh, beating a dungeon, it stays beaten. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I'm also a little worried. It seems like Arcane Studios, uh, they came 
thrashing out of the gate with Dishonored, which really surprised a lot of people with how cool it was with all the powers and this not quite steampunk, but at the same time, kind of steampunk world that's all based instead of around steam, but instead of around basically whale oil. So mm-hmm. it tried to make it its own unique thing. And then Dishonored 2 came out, and it was okay. It was decent. And then I feel the uh, Dishonored, like I guess the third game in the series, Dishonored uh, Death of the Outsider, came out on a whimper. And I'm like, isn't this kind of supposed to end things? And, you know... I thought it was supposed to be like a, a side shoot, you know, not full game. I gotcha. And I have heard no one talk about that. Yeah. And, uh... It's starring a character from the first two games. I'm like, we're having this character as a starting character? Why? You know, as the starring character, I mean. So, uh, who knows? Maybe if it comes out and I read a little more into it, possibly. But at this point, I have no real interest in it. Uh, On the other hand, though... uh, um, I was really interested, at least for, the trailer looked gorgeous. Now, again, though, I hope to not be like overhyped on this, uh, because I do like the style of gameplay of like Death of Cry and Bayonetta, oh. but uh, Project Eve looked really cool. And then I also found out it is being made by the studio, by the Korean artist uh, Hyung Tae Kim, and he's done a lot of really cool stuff. He's in a lot of books that I have where his artwork is featured. And he's done, I believe he designed all the characters for the Magna Carta series of uh, RPGs, uh, stuff like that. So it was actually really cool. And this trailer was really stylish, and the monsters look cool, and the action looked cool. And this post-apocalyptic world where it... It kind of reminded me a bit of Near Automata, where you have these sections that are really high-tech, but then you also have these sections where nature is clearly taken back over. Right, right. But but so I'm looking forward to that, at least at this standpoint. Uh, that really grabbed my attention. For a brief second, just a brief second, I thought that was a Project e- uh, or a Parasite Eve game. Because they had... Oh, I could, because they yeah, said I could have seen their- that. They said the main character's name was Eve, and they said the word parasite in it. I was like, are they actually bringing that back? There, there has been talk from Square Enix, but uh, we'll see. Right. Uh, speaking of Square Enix, they showed the trailer for their game coming out. Uh, or Spoken. Yeah, that looked really cool. Um, and for a while, there, I, I'm, that's not Rosario Dawson doing the voice, is it? I don't, I don't believe so now. Okay, I did. I was it, I was there for a minute. I'm like, is it? Is it not? But the that looked really cool too. And so I'm hoping that goes over well. And it looks like an open world with like kind of the perversal method of the most recent Tomb Raider trilogy, which I loved. So so I actually know who one of the main writers is on that game. Oh, okay, Gary Whitta. Okay, uh, not familiar with that name. Uh, he wrote uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. He wrote Book of Eli. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he's yeah. he is he, he's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think he's also uh, trying to get off the ground a uh, a sequel to the Last Starfighter. 
<laughs> yeah, this dude's good. This dude oh, is gotcha. very good. Um, so I'm fingers crossed on you know, uh, that one. I I think I liked how the traversal looked fun. I mm-hmm. think I think open world games are fine if they're a little barren. If the traversal is fun, if I just yes. enjoy running across the field, or in this case, you know, running across magic across the field. Now, what I enjoyed now more recently, and I felt that Zelda did this very well, is that it seems like a lot of open world games before uh, Breath of the Wild hit. It's just like, okay, for the for the story, okay, here's your next checkpoint. It, there you got to go to your next checkpoint all the way across the map, and then all the way across the map again, and then back and forth, back and forth. Whereas Zelda, it was very good at encouraging you to explore and find all these little nooks and crannies and hidden little things. And really, the only there was only like five major points on the map that it seemed like you had to go to to kind of advance the story. And uh, and even then, it was just the generalized direction. As you went along, you might get sucked into another story that oh well now we got to go find hateno village and, and stuff like that uh so if that's kind of how the traversal is with this and i can go find little nooks and crannies and it encourages exploration instead of uh, others where it's like okay go to this next point for the story uh, exploration okay now climb this tower to Look over and survey everything in the area, but then everything pops up on the map, so you can just go here, 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 and get all the stuff, and then all the rest is just empty space. I will never forgive Assassin's Creed for making that a standard in games of get to the lookout tower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get to the lookout tower also kind of seemed to have ruined open world games, and it's just like, oh, I need to find this feather for my brother Petruchio. Quick to the tower. Oh, well, here's all the flags in Italy. There we go. Yep. <laughs> really fast here. I just pulled it up. A couple other things that you would know Gary Witta from. Uh, 2006's Prey. He wrote oh, that game. Okay. And he also okay. he was also one of the main writers on Telltale's The Walking Dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 2006's Prey. Okay. The original Prey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That was decent. It just uh, it kind of floundered. Oh, Prey Two is coming out. <laughs> um, the uh, here's one that I, has really caught my attention, and I hope I can play it by itself because, I, I, as I've said, listeners, I like to. I don't like starting in the middle of things necessarily. I like to see things in chronological order as best I can, if I can. Um, I tried playing the Borderlands games with my brother, but unfortunately, uh, due to life circumstances, we never got far in the first game, and eventually he played it by himself and beat the games. But I swear, I'm sorry, that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands game looks hysterical, and it is absolutely right up my alley. And when they started the trailer playing Baby Metal's Gimme Chocolate, I about lost it. Oh, and then it's showing her world, and she's like, well, why isn't it my fantasy world have guns in it? Shut up! Dave, oh, it just, 
It looked so good. <laughs> Dave, you, you, you got me day one on that with you. Because you know what that game is? It's a looter shooter. I'm all about yeah. the looter shooters. Give me yeah, the loot. Yeah, but I'm also looking at it, and it's just like, uh, I love games that have like a fun aesthetic to go with. Like, I love Sunset Overdrive. I wish they would make Sunset Overdrive too. But this yeah. that game seems to be following along with that kind of aesthetic, this kind of punky, bright-colored, fun aesthetic. But at the same time, it's in a fantasy world with guns. You know? That is hilarious. So I, I, I hope that all I have to know is that Tiny Tina is basically like a crazy D&D player, and this is her D&D &D campaign that you're playing. I hope that is yeah. all I need to know. Pretty much. Okay. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be other little things. Sorry, go ahead. If, the, if there's a couple cameos that I just go, huh, but other people might be just like, oh, that's... I'll be okay with that. And this is like, oh, well, that was lost on me. <laughs> well, and at some point you'll be able to catch up because they're making a Borderlands movie. Oh, yeah, with all those celebs in it. <laughs> I think Jack Black is supposed to be Claptrap. Yep, and... Uh, Kate Blanchett, I think, is in it. Or I think it she plays Lilith, who was yeah. the character I would play with my brother. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I think Kate Blanchett's a little old to be playing Lilith. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. But... Yeah, but uh, that's fair. That's fair. Mm -hmm. um, still not sure who Kevin Hart's going to be in that, though. <laughs> uh, and then uh, other things, like, uh, that's when I started being like, okay, I can clean the living room. Uh the remaster for Uncharted, that's fine. I love those games, but at the same time, I've played them to death on PlayStation 4, so... Don't need to revisit. Not, not so quickly, I feel. You yeah. know, if maybe when PlayStation 6 comes along, and if they release, like, the Nathan Drake collection, well, then, yeah, I'll probably be happy to by then, but it seemed like every time I was just like, no, I could use, like, another adventure style game like that there'd be another uncharted or tomb raider and that would satisfy that itch for quite a while right right um and and yeah. i don't know about you but i'm i'm kind of meh on uh tom clancy's uh rainbow six extraction that however i must say is the only tom clancy rainbow six game i have ever been interested in however and that's because it's freaking aliens and they're even at the beginning of the trailer saying, you know, uh, Tom, uh, the, the Rainbow Squad has been, you know, up against the world's worst terrorists and uh, nuclear destruction and even viral pandemics. But now we face our greatest threat. And I'm like, I didn't expect it to be aliens, but now you do have my attention, Rainbow Six. <laughs> you have never had it any other time in history, but you do now. So I, 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 I'm up. I, I'm interested, honestly. I honestly am. But it, it took a turn. It had to take a hard turn <laughs> into sci-fi for it to do it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because, as again, I've told you before, I don't mind shooter games where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm killing demons. I'm killing aliens. I'm killing mutants. I'm killing Nazis. Nazis aren't people. But when it's just like, I'm killing people, 
How evil are they? Oh, well, there's this one mission called No Russian where you shoot up an airport of innocence. No, thanks. Uh, I'm going to go over here and stomp Goombas. <laughs> yep, yep. Because mushrooms aren't people neither. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yes, yes. Um, let's get into the to the power block at the end. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh. So first off, biggest surprise of the night for me. Mm-hmm. Announcement of Wolverine from Insomniac. Oh yes. Uh uh I enjoy my only thing with the Insomniac trailers is they were basically just teasers. So it's just like now the Wolverine one was quite the surprise though, that is mm-hmm. for sure. Uh I'm kinda wondering who they're gonna have voice him. And it does look like they're kinda going for like classic comic book Wolverine who's supposed to be like five foot nothing. <laughs> There's a voice actor who's already uh, trying to campaign to get that role. Oh, who? David Hayter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Having snake voice. Uh, I mean, that'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Uh, I wouldn't mind... Um, oh, who was it who did it for X-Men Evolution? Was that Steve Blum? Let me look that up. Uh, I really liked that voice actor... Um. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because there's let's let's be real. There is no way they're getting Hugh Jackman for this. Oh no, I and I think he really wants to be done, uh, with that uh role. I think he's he had that for almost what two decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's got to be tired of it. Okay, Blum has performed in... Oh, it was uh, Scott McNeil who voiced him in X-Men Evolution. Okay. Who also was the voice of, like, Piccolo and Dragon Ball Z. And, oh, yeah, that'd uh, be other, And uh, I know Hamill uh, voiced him for, like, the X-Men Origins Wolverine game. So... Uh, by the by, the no. by complete, complete sidetrack here, Mark Hamill is phenomenal as Skeletor in the new He-Man series. Okay, uh, the one everyone's uh, griping about. <laughs> you know what? I thought it was good. It was the first time I've ever cared about He-Man. Well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. It's The show is not He-Man. The show is very specifically titled Masters of the Universe. Mm-hmm. He-Man is not the star. Uh, okay. And I, I don't have a problem with that, but then again, I'm not going to watch the show. Uh, he-Man was on where I was just young enough. I remember I really liked watching it, but I remember specifically, it's one of my like first memories, but I specifically remember just one Saturday morning, it just wasn't on anymore. And it's just like, oh, He-Man's not on. But then I was very quickly distracted by the next show that was coming on. And by then, Ninja Turtles had come out. It's just like, oh, don't care. <laughs> right. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, so I would love to have Scott McNeil voice uh, Wolverine. Although, if as long as he doesn't sound like Solid Snake, David Hayter would be a good choice too. <laughs> yep, that he would. Um, I was. I, I enjoyed the trailer for Spider Man too. Love mm-hmm. me some Venom. So uh, also at the for, same quick, time. Quick question for you. Yeah. Based on that trailer, 
do you think they're they're going to introduce an optional co-op mode? Mm, that's possible. I could see that. Uh, I was more surprised because, like, I, I'm listening to the narration and I'm like, oh, it's Craven the Hunter. And I was thinking that's who they were going to lead up to be the reveal at the end, but then it's like he's actually but then it, it, you realize it's like a conversation and the next person talks and you're like, oh, it's Venom. Holy crap. You know? Right. <laughs> and uh, if I recall, though, my thing is, uh, if the ending of the first game is any inclination, I don't think it's going to be Eddie Brock as Venom. Well, yeah, because they've, they've kind of toyed around with that uh, in the cartoon series. Um, and and I know he's been different people in the comic. I know the uh, the Scorpion had the powers for a while. I know even like uh, Spider Man school bully Flash Thompson was host to. Oh yeah, Venom a- Agent Venom. He's actually Agent Venom. Yeah, he's actually pretty darn cool. Um, okay, but still, I just thought that when I heard that, I'm like, Flash, really? <laughs> okay, a way to bring back a one note character. In <laughs> uh, the, uh, I think the cartoon was Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, it was Harry Osborn, and that's who I think it's going to be for this one. I, I think that's, I think that's a distinct it, possibility. Spoiler alert! Sorry, uh, <laughs> Opossum. Oh, we should have alerted you earlier. Sorry about that, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we didn't. Okay, so spoiler alert! Sorry if you haven't finished the original Spider-Man for by Insomniac. It's like four years old now, Dave. I know, I know, but uh, still, some people, you know, I mean, I managed to dodge uh, all of the major plot points for The Last of Us Two for a year, and you know, uh, I really enjoyed the God of War Two trailer. Uh, well, God of War Ragnarok, I should. It's not God of War Two. Um, right. uh, I really love the direction they've taken Kratos because, as much as I love the original trilogy of God of War games, at the same time it became very clear over the course of the games, you're kind of the bad guy in this story. And this time around, it's a not so much. Story. Yeah, and I like seeing Kratos has evolved. Now, the only thing originally when the trailer started was I looked at Atreus and I'm like, did they not, has time not passed? And then he spoke and I'm like, oh, time's passed. <laughs> he, he's taller. He's he's yeah. He's definitely in that uh transition period yes uh he, he he's now taller than brock and sindri he's like brock's right. like what the hell happened to this one you know <laughs> and it's just like oh okay okay now my thing at the end of that trailer they showed off that girl mm-hmm. uh at the ending my question is is that calliope who is his original daughter with his first wife Because there was, in one of the handheld games for God of War, which was a side game, he actually went into the Greek afterlife that wasn't Hades and encountered her, and unfortunately he had to leave her. So I'm wondering if there's uh, some mischief going on. (laughs) Entirely possible. Because she was that age in the original God of War, well, in the original God of War Greek theories. Yeah. I, <laughs> the Greek God of War, the Greek years. <laughs> now I never I never 
beat uh, The Last God of War, but so, uh, spoilers for anyone who's ever played it, did they mm. ever meet Hela in uh, God of War remake? Uh, no. They have not met Hela. Odin was only mentioned. They never even met Thor. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Mostly Balder, who was the brother. Well, Thor and, was... At Stinger. Thor, well, yeah, there was an end Stinger, but even then, it's not like he spoke or anything. Yeah. Um, I think that little girl's Hela. Oh, okay. That could be it, too. That could be it, too. Um, I, and, and, and if my, if my Norse mythology is treating me right here, I think there's going to be a little bit of time play with it, mm -hmm. because in actual Norse mythology, Hela wasn't, uh, the sister of Thor and Loki. Hela was Loki's mm -hmm. daughter. Oh, okay. As was Fenrir the wolf. Oh, okay. So you think maybe due to time travel, they're going to jump ahead? Yeah. Yeah, or something along the lines of, you know, once she is, she always was, because death has always been. Mm, that would be interesting. That would uh, be interesting. Because, you know, everyone always plays death as, like, super sour, or dour, and, you know. I would yeah. like to see some, like, a little girl playing death, just, like... Mm -hmm. It almost is like she, a celebration of life. Yeah, she sweetly embraces you as opposed to a reaper of souls. <laughs> yeah. So, that's that's my theory. I gotcha. Uh, complete side note, if you ever want a fantastic read, uh, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman, fantastic. Okay, okay. Uh, I have the Encyclopedia of Mythology that uh, I gifted to my mother, which I continually... Uh, break out every now and then. <laughs> nice. Nice. <clears throat> yep, yep. Um, now I'm wondering, though, it's just like, well, where do you go after Ragnarok and Norse mythology? But then I'm also like, well, with God of War, you can kind of go to any mythology you want now. <laughs> so, that raises the question, Dave. Yeah. What mythology would you love to see next? Um, well, I, I'm trying to... You know, trying to think in kind of like chronological order for time, but uh, you know, uh, the thing was also in one of the side games, you did see uh, some Persian mythology enemies because you're invaded by a Persian army. So um, I wouldn't have minded to have seen Egyptian, but I think that would have been around. Uh, wouldn't it have been around the same time as the Greeks, or possibly before? I mean. It's been so long since I've had mythology in I, school. That I do not know. I mean, I know Egypt has been long. It had was a very long time period. Oh, yeah, it was a huge long dynasty. And at the same time, though, I don't know if the character of Kratos and Atreus are necessarily appropriate for many of the Asian, like all the, the really Far East mythologies. I mean, I can't see Kratos in. Uh, Chinese or Japanese mythology so much. <laughs> no, but you know what I could see him in? Aztec mm -hmm. mythology? I could see him in Aztec, yes, I could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I could I could see uh, Aztec or some type of uh, Native American mythology. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, but there was another one I was thinking of. What was it? 
those those were kind of the big ones. Uh, <laughs> or because I'm wondering if you know he does doesn't ever age. Mm-hmm. Could they eventually get to like a modern day Kratos? Well, that was even hinted at actually in the uh, first God of War game that like one of the alternate endings you could get for the game was apparently like a military team discovering the corpse of Kronos and stuff like that. So nice. So who knows? I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, that's up to Santa Monica yeah. Studio. I mean. They made such a great choice with the remake that I I, I trust them at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. And who knows? They might find some like really strange, like uh, or or just some area of the world that we just don't think about. You know, maybe a, more of a Middle Eastern kind of one that I mean, they might want to stay away from Christian, but just because you know you kind of yeah. have to be on those there. But well, um, not only that, but with Christian mythology uh, or religion, mm-hmm. uh, there's not really a pantheon of gods. There's just exactly. a god. And I uh, feel yeah. I feel like it'd be a little bit of a cop out going the Roman route. Yeah, because, you know, Greek and Roman. Tomato, well, tomato. yeah, and uh, the Romans would adopt basically any mythology into their own. It did have its own set of structures, but... Yeah. Um, but maybe uh, maybe even some like Indian mythologies or things like that. Um, now I'm yeah. not very familiar with them. Are there any like South African mythologies in that time period? Uh, that's a good question. I I don't know myself. Yep. Fair enough. Yep. 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 Indeed. Hmm. Um, looking through yeah. here to see if there's any other kind of standouts from the show. Yeah, I'm just trying to take a look at the list here. Um, I I will be honest here. I could care. I couldn't care less about Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. Uh, I never cared for Gran Turismo. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo did look cool. And I don't know, it's like something tripped in my brain, and I thought it was maybe based off of something, but I'm not finding anything. You know what it, it looks, looks like? To me, it looks like an interesting horror story, but I'm not so sure if it's going to be like horror mythology, like with ghosts and demons and stuff, or horror sci-fi. I think it's going to be more horror ghosts, and mm-hmm. I'm getting strong... Bioshock vibes off of it. Hmm. I got. I could see that too. With all like the the, the first person powers that you had. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yep. Trying to th- oh, kind of oh, ending now. <laughs> the the last thing, which was weird, the Radiohead and Epic Games mashup thing. Yeah. Uh, watch that be a concert in four. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so, before we sign off for the day, let's talk about Fortnite and Epic and Apple for a quick second. Oh, jeez. I forgot. What were they even fighting about in the first place? I know we did, like, a whole podcast on it, but just to show how little I care about Fortnite, so I the, have totally forgotten what it was about. The initial incident, the thing that started mm-hmm. off, is Fortnite slipped into the game a link to bypass Apple to buy uh, V-Bucks, the uh, currency for Fortnite, at a discounted I gotcha. price. I gotcha. Whereas Apple's policy is, 
any microtransactions of any variety, uh, there can't be any other direction or anything for it, has to go through Apple, and Apple has to get their 30%. Mm-hmm. I so got you. From that, it led to a whole bunch of things, uh, including... Uh, like, well, I remember and, the, uh, the the naked banana controversy. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, which the final ruling on that was it's just a banana man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, Epic filed a bunch of things, including saying that Apple's a monopoly, that Apple, you know, was uh, was unfair and uh, cancel taking the game off the store, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Mm-hmm. Epic lost on mm-hmm. almost everything. Mm-hmm. They have to pay damages to Apple. Okay. And Apple was deemed to not be a monopoly, mm-hmm. and that they were complete within their rights to take Fortnite off the store, and they never have to let it back on if they don't want to. Okay. But. Okay. The big ruling was they found that the App Store was being anti-competitive by forcing them to go through Apple for all the microtransactions. So Apple is no longer allowed to prevent developers from putting links within the app to go to outside sources to buy the microtransactions. Which is really what I think Epic was after. (laughs) To an extent, but that is going to completely change the app store. The app store. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to give you a, a real basic example of this here. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you familiar, are you familiar with Comixology? Yeah. Okay. So on Apple devices, you have to go to Comixology's website to buy the mm-hmm. comics, and then you can access them in the Comixology app. You mm-hmm. cannot buy from the app. Okay. Same with Audible. Because they don't want Apple taking their thirty percent. Yes, and they can't put mm-hmm. the links straight in there. Mm-hmm. So now they can have those buttons to buy it straight from there. Nice. <laughs> um, I got you. So here's where it's going to get interesting: is Apple is a whether we like it or not, Apple is a big player in the mobile industry, right? Yeah. And I f- I have a feeling they're going to appeal this. I really oh, yeah. Do. oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. well, Epic's already filed an appeal, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but if this were to land as it is here, mm-hmm. Apple sells millions and millions of iPhones every year. Thirty mm-hmm. percent of millions of people's microtransactions through those millions of iPhones. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much revenue they would lose even if they lost like five percent of that? That's like a billion dollars just right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know about you, but if I lost a billion dollars, crying would be the least that I would do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, anybody whose uh, pocket's about to get lighter, I think uh, their opponents may end up uh, accidentally falling down an elevator shaft onto some bullets. You know, things like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it shall be interesting. Um, it shall. Because this may also have uh, ramifications for things like 
Project X Cloud on Apple devices and Android devices, where mm -hmm. you may be able to pay through Apple or through Xbox for your cloud for your uh, Game Pass and then stream mm -hmm. straight through the app uh, instead of mm -hmm. having to go to its like a, a website to do it, which is all kinds of funky. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This could be a game changer. Yeah, and I'm and I'm could. I'm super excited to see what happens with that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It'll be interesting. I feel like I'm losing here a little bit in the in the nitty gritty no, here. So uh, I just, uh, I just think. Well, I think we are having. We've had a good episode. I think now is probably yeah, a good. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's probably a good time to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> but tell you what, uh, listeners, let us know what you thought was uh, great uh, from the uh, PlayStation uh, uh, conference there, the showcase. Or what did you yeah, or what did you think was missing that you would have wanted to see? Uh, Final certainly Fantasy 16. Uh, yeah, uh, or uh, yeah, what's that uh, one game that they keep saying is not Final Fantasy? Uh, you, you, you said Final Fantasy, and then I thought it. That's not Silent Hills. You know, uh, uh, that one game that everyone is like, it's not Silent Hills. It's Silent Hills. It's not Silent Hills. It's Silent Hills. It's a Hideo Kojima game. No, it's not. It's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there was a rumor going around uh, for a different game that I was really hoping that was there, and it wasn't, and mm -hmm. it makes me a little sad. But I'm still yeah. holding out hope. I'm holding out for a Blue Point remake of Metal Gear Solid One. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. So uh, were you upset that your Metal Gear Solid One game wasn't <laughs> remake wasn't a part of that? Uh, leave us a like, please comment and subscribe, or you know, leave us a dislike. Are those a thing? You know, as long as we get some interaction, we're happy anymore. <laughs> yeah. Just just tell me I'm pretty. Just tell us we're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, listeners, game on. Game on, everybody. <laughs>